0: So my guest today, in my opinion, based on every time I've had any contact with him, is a top bloke. He is the founder of the Elite Closing Academy, but I'm going to let him tell you a bit more about that in a while. And I'm so glad and very grateful to have him as the first guest on the Relationship Guy podcast. Mr Matt Wealth. welcome to the show.
1: Well, firstly, genuinely, John, I am stoked and honored to be if i didn't know i was your first guest so thank you for inviting me it's very kind
0: you're very welcome i couldn't resist the last time we met this guy is ideal to come on to my show and talk about the thing that's closest to my heart which is relationships hmm. because the way that you are with people i think is amazing i won't go into in details but the way you showed up for the last time i saw you for the training yeah. was phenomenal um and i couldn't help but reach out to you to get you on the show because I think you're an amazing guy.
1: That's very kind.
0: Um, so, Matt, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Um, as you know, this relationship, this show is about relationships, and I, I know the importance of relationships in, in every aspect of our lives and how they can impact. Uh, and what I'd like to talk about with my guests is to get a, a background about them. So. If you just like to start by just introducing yourself, tell us a bit about your, yourself and then we can crack on with some stuff about the relationships.
1: Yeah, well, f- firstly, I mean, l- like you, I believe that life is literally all about the relationships that you have with others, but also the relationship you have with yourself. So and that's that's a journey I'm on personally at the moment. And um, look, uh, I own a training company called the Elite Closed Academy. I've also got a family business where I own a little bit of uh, property uh, that we rent out. Uh, we only have sort of one thing, uh, one deal that we, we sort of do these days. And um, the, the training company Elite Clothes Academy is the thing that's, you know, my biggest focus after my family at the moment. Uh, and that's because I'm, 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 I want to change the way the world sells uh, in a way that's uh, very much in line with a relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of this pushy sales and all this kind of stuff. It's very much about human-to-human interaction. And two groups of people or two people having building up a relationship so that they can effortlessly do some business together. So that's what that's what I'm up to at the minute.
0: Yeah. And I I love that because, I mean, I've been to so many self-development seminars, webinars, everything else in the last few years as I've kind of gone through this journey myself and the amount of. People that hard sell scarcity, yeah. you know, miraculous offers. It's very, very pushy, and it's trying to get you to mm. sweat a little bit under your collar, isn't it? To kind of say you don't miss out. Mm. Um, and again, and I love the way that you do that. What way do you go down that road rather than you know what a lot of other people seem to be doing in order to get that?
1: Yeah. Well, good question. I, mean, I think firstly, uh, the, the the thing that underpins my philosophy is that um, you know sales, in particular should be the perfect relationship so it should be and it's a three it's a menage a trois it's a three-way relationship it should be a brilliant thing for your client so the first thing the first thing that you should always have in your mind is like what does good look like for my possible client so a good win for them Um, then you want it to be a good win for you so nobody wants to do business and be in a relationship that's only good for one side so we want it to be equilibrium and it should be good for them and it should be really good for you as well. It should be really good for both parties. Mm-hmm. When you invest with each other, when you sign the contracts, both parties should win. And then, as you know, because we've, you know, we've done a bit of training together, the third win is when two groups of humans or two human beings are happy. Then there's a third win, and that's for the universe. And let's, let's be honest, there is so much fucking shit out there at the minute uh, and by the way, I don't even know whether swearing's allowed, but I've done it now. So so <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: And then we might cut it out. So really sorry. Can get rid
1: of it in a minute. <laughs> that's
0: all right, right. The bottom line is right here,
1: right now. I mean, look at it. You know, we're talking on a day after um, England lost in the final. Look at the shit mm. on social media. Mm. We should be rejoicing as a nation. Mm. Uh, we should be rejoicing that our, our young footballers did a great job and represented it. And yet here we are in a in a just all this negativity. And and that's why I think. You know, the power of a relationship in my world in sales is is the three wins. And and when when humans are walking around being successful, the universe wins. And that's a real critical philosophy, you know, for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the vibration of that energy, I think, uh, you know, as you said, like we should be celebrating the fact that they managed to get to the final. It may not have been the result that people were looking for, but the negativity, the abuse and everything that goes along with that, is, is appalling and uh, very much lowers the vibration, the energy levels of, of people as a whole and is very bad for the universe.
2: So.
0: Yeah, so I really love that philosophy is amazing. So when when did you sort of recognise the kind of importance of relationships for you? When did you sort of see them as a significant factor in your
1: success? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a really, really powerful question. The, tr- the, the absolute truth is... Um, it goes back to, to the relationship with, for me, by the way, it goes back to the relationship with your dad. Virtually everything goes back to the relationship with your dad. And my relationship with my dad and, and me and him get on fine these days. But as a kid, it was tough. Um, what we didn't know is my dad was um, uh, was, was suffering with a, you know, a very serious mental health uh, issue. And uh, since being diagnosed, It's a long time ago. This big with certain things that were it's like ah, oh, so that's what was going on. Yeah, there was there was a lot of love and there was a lot of anger all at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I I always craved as a child. I always felt really short. On I knew my dad loved me, but I also knew there was a lot of anger there. So I was a bit confused. I think growing up, and uh, from a very early age, I used to love spending time with older men. So in the cricket club, I was at the age of 11 or 12. I was like at the training every Friday night, every Saturday. I'd be sitting in the bar when I was 12, listening to all the older guys. And I naturally moved towards older men. And I was looking for their, what's the word? Um, I was looking for their attention. Mm -hmm. I was looking to be liked. I was looking to be accepted. And at a very early age, you know, sport was... Was like filled the gap, so you know I had a shortage in that relationship in my life, and and it definitely impacted my behaviour and and the way the way I went about things really, and I eventually ended up, ended up working with my dad, and and the relationship was very strained for a long time, you know, so you know one of the things I teach now is the power of relationships in business, um and and I think I think having that experience with that. Specific relationship was was at the time, lot like really hard, mm-hmm. uh, and even now, you know, right up to this day, I've, I've recently just finished some therapy around that relationship, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it still causes me, you know, a lot of there's still things I'm I'm working mm-hmm. on within that, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also given me, you know, the ability to to work on relationships and to understand relationships more and to explore um, my you know my other relationships
0: in my life yeah i think what well, they they say that when when you're a kid you're generally looking to your dad for sort of pride encouragement support and you're looking to your mum for the love the affection and stuff to make you feel safe in in that emotional space it makes a lot of sense that you then you needed those other guys in order yeah. to make you feel good yeah. about yourself and to get that kind of reassurance on that side of things
1: when but it you- also put me under a lot of. I mean, I made some terrible decisions. I, I started drinking far too early. Mm. I was a heavy smoker when I was a kid because they all smoked. Yeah. They all drank, they all smoked, um, you know, and, and that definitely has had a negative impact on, on me psychologically. And some of those addictive behaviours have been, have been there all the way through my life.
0: Right, right. So even though you were searching for it, it wasn't in the right place for sure.
1: Mm. Definitely. I, I, met, I met some good guys along the way. A uh, couple of really, my first boss was a great mentor. I had a great, I've still got a great relationship with him now. He's eighty, mm-hmm. and I've always, I've always enjoyed his wisdom, um, and it's, it's something I don't get from my dad. Um, I don't get from that relationship. But of course, I've learned that when you're trying to get something from a relationship, it's not a healthy one. No. Um, it's, it, for me it's very much about like, what, do I, what can I contribu- contribute to this relationship mm. um, that's, that's led me to sort of you know, develop more really as a person, I think if you're trying to get things, and by the way I, I, I've been working on this for a number of years when I look back I go, that was me trying to get something from that relationship and that's why it didn't work out yeah.
0: yeah, I guess but then we learn that as kids and when we we're kids we need to get stuff, don't we Because Mm. if we don't get stuff as kids, then we have no idea how to function properly.
1: And this Um, is the problem in sales, you see. Everybody's trying to get you to do something. Everybody's trying to get you to make you do... like They want to get commission out of you. They want to get money out of you. They want to get you to do things Mm. that benefits them. And what I've learned is that's actually where pushy sales comes in. That's where the persuasion comes in. And that's why committing to, at the very beginning of a relationship, to being, well, look, I'm an author, as you know, my book's called Open with a Close. So it's it's to start with the relationship, like, what does amazing look for, for both sides? Uh, this is a business philosophy. Um, you know, my negotiating philosophy is like, hey, before we talk about what I want, let's talk about what you want. Let's imagine that both of us end up getting exactly what we want. And we both come out the other side even stronger. That's my starting point. And I think I think if you can start with the end in the mind, if you can have a vision of what amazing looks like and then work backwards from there, that's when you start to get really powerful relationships.
0: Yeah, definitely. I something I've learned through sort of working with yourself, but also over the last few years. And I mentioned earlier on that sales stuff that makes you want to break out into a sweat, yeah. that's when you know you're very uncomfortable in that yeah. space. But yeah. when I work when I first speak to my potential clients, it's you know, what do you need? What's what's the result mm. that you're, you're looking mm. for? And how can I help you achieve that? What can I give you in order for you to make that happen? Um, and there's a relationship. There's
1: the relationship guy in you right mm. there. Mm. And, and, and actually, that stands us out. So, look, my, my wife and I, uh, we've been married for 14 years, and we've been together for about 17, 18. And, you know, I honestly believe that cohabiting with another human being is the greatest challenge there is on God's planet. Mm. And again, you know, uh, using my own philosophy, and I am certainly far from being perfect, I can tell you that now for nothing. Um, But but I I remember saying to Kerry right out the blocks, right at the very beginning of our relationship, look, before we start, what are you looking for? Like, what does perfect look like? Because I'm probably going to let you down. In fact, let me get rid of probably. (laughs) Um, I'm going to let you down, if you're expecting pipe and slippers, quiet nights on a Tuesday, coronation I'm just going to put it out there, that ain't me. And and again, you know, that actually served me really well with, you know, with Kerry and look, uh, we dwell in harmony, we've got a wonderful loving relationship, we have Mm -hmm. to work at it, of course we do, we've got two lovely girls, and again, you know, our relationships with our children are things that we're working on right now. But, you know, when I first met Kerry, it was like, look, let's let's toss a few things out here. Let's get them out in the open, because I couldn't imagine conflict on a day to day basis because mm. I had it as a kid. Yeah. And, and it, it was not it was not good. No. And, um, you know, I said to Kerry at the very beginning, and, Actually, the reason why Kerry and I, I believe, have got such a good relationship is because we share values around. And she also had a really not a good relationship, her her paternal father. And and I think we got shared values around how we wanted to conduct ourselves in a relationship. And she has taught me so much, John. Mm -hmm. She's so good. Uh, She's got great humility. She's really good at, at, at picking the time to say or not say something. All right. But she'd never argue in public or she'd never make a, a scene in uh-huh. public but in private she would say look um you know what happened back there here's how it made me feel I wanted you to know um how, how I felt with how i felt about it and she's she's got such a great way of doing it you know yeah so that's that's I've learned a lot from her
0: she's definitely mastered the art of that type of conversation then and again has removed you from that toxic type space that you grew up in where it was conflicting all the time and yeah. confrontational all the time where she seems to have like a nice soft way of mm.
2: expressing
0: herself, which you can accept in a way that allows you to be more yeah. open to, you know, like seeing, think, relaxing and giving something back in return. And hopefully then I've opened you up to be able to express yourself in the same sort of way. Cause I guess when you grow up in a conflicting relationship as a kid, and it's difficult for you then not to come kind of keep going with that space when you get older and yeah. start to experience other relationships.
1: Yeah, and Kerry and I talked about that in the early days, and we felt just because those experiences had happened to us, like, well, we had a choice about what we did with those experiences, mm-hmm. and both of us decided not to make it an excuse, not to blame our childhoods or things that went wrong or perceived to be wrong in our childhoods, to, to, to actually go, hey, look, um, all of those experiences that we had, call them good, bad or indifferent or just experiences I tend to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experience that we had have led us to here. Now, what do we want to do about it? How do we want to conduct ourselves? What kind mm-hmm. of parents do we want to be? What kind of partners do we want to be? What kind of lovers do we want to be? You know, all of these questions. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say, Kerry, Kerry's a real light in this and, you know, she, she would not, I, she wouldn't want me to share any, you know, of the, of the details and I, and I respect that. But no. the, the light that she's shown me, in, in just in terms of the way she conducts herself through her own experiences, of which were quite tough, mm-hmm. has been, you know, I, I feel really lucky to have to have a life partner that's that's got that level of sort of in, emotional intelligence and, um, and... And I see, by the way, I'm no relationship expert, you are, but I see a lot of blame. When I look at relationships that don't seem to work, yeah. there's nearly always two or three things that are there that don't feel right. And one of them's definitely blame. Mm. They're constantly blaming each other. And look, I had a, a, another toxic relationship in, in a previous business that I owned. Um, and and it was a toxic it was a toxic relationship. It, it really was. And and there was blame. I was blaming him, he was blaming me. I was as bad as him. You know, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault as well. You know, I'm in the relationship. And that's another thing, isn't it, that, that seems to always be there. There's the blame thing. And then there's, well, actually, uh, and I learned this, like there's a common denominator here and it's me.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, another relationship that I'm in. So having yeah. to, like, looking at what, what you're doing um, to be in that relationship, I think, was one of the most painful things I've ever been through.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you've just you've mentioned a few points here that most people don't have a tendency to ever consider is it? it's, it's actually what is my role in this. Mm-hmm. Um, because the relationships are so very complex and it takes two to make the relationship either go yeah. right, go wrong or have the issues, whatever it's got. Um So for you to be able to have that conversation with Kerry is amazing, I think, because you are in the very much the minority of people that can actually take a step out and go, okay, what do we actually want from a relationship? Most people will just get involved with somebody. They'll go with their instinct. They'll go with what they know from the past where you've made this conscious choice to get together and say, how do we want this to work and how is how we how we're going to make it work?
2: And a lot of that,
1: again, I'm really lucky because uh, my current business partner, the relationship in um, Nick, um, his, you know, his parents, who you know very well, have coached me, and I've had them around me. So, you know, again, I, I think being coached by an expert around relationships has been able to open my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, to 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 doing things differently and. Obviously, it's what, you know, it's what you do for a living. I think, uh, you know, honestly, if I'd have known 25 years ago that there were coaches that could have helped me through some of the strife that I was going through, Mm. I genuinely mean this. Um, I mean, I'm going back 25, 30 years when I, I, even as a young man, I used to earn money. I used to earn my own money when I was like 11, 12, 13. I used to go out and work all night on the milk round and stuff. But like I would have paid. I was yeah. only earning like seven or eight quid or something. But if I could have found a coach for seven or eight quid, week, I'd, I'd have given them the money.
2: Seriously. So probably are
0: probably only charging that 25
1: know, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you no. Know, genuinely, um, I, I've had to work some of this stuff out on my own. Um, and, and of course, you know, when you're trying to work these things out on your own without the right knowledge, I screwed it up a lot. And, and, and actually the last two or three years since I first met, um, you know, coaches that I work with who were able to help me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, that additional knowledge has helped me to, to filter it, understand it, learn from it, grow from it. And, and as I say, Kerry's example of the way she approaches it, it's been, uh, it's been quite, quite, well, very impressive. Uh, and even to this day, you know, the way she manages relationships, she always looks for good, yeah. um, always looks for positives, and um, she's a stubborn old so-and-so, by the way. That's in our funny. relationship, I have to give in. Yes. <laughs> um, but we've, I've learned that, you know, I've learned that. She's learned to, to work yeah. with her. The
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I, guess that's, I guess if you can make that dynamic work... Um
1: it, it's oh, she's stuck she's like an old ox mate <laughs>
0: <laughs> well as long as that's okay for you and, <laughs> and is, is that because she's generally in the right space as well <laughs> do, do
1: you know what it is it's just that um if, if we ever do have words then it's always me that'll have to go to her and and do you know what there are times where i really don't want to. right and i've learned that if i move towards it, when i move towards it it will be fine mm-hmm. um and again, look, that's one of the things I've learned about relationships. Oh,
0: and that's amazing that you've learned because, as like you said, as a kid, that's nothing. You would have never have learned that, would you? No, that would not have been okay for you to do at all.
1: And she's vice versa. You know, there are times where, like she she will want want to get answers from me. and Maybe after you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a trainer mm. and, and a, a, a public speaker and stuff. And there are times where my schedule I call it the decompression chamber. You know, you, you came a few weeks back and mm. you know, that was a really intense few days. It was indeed. And I've got stuff going on in my private life oh. and, and whatever. And um, like on the third day, I, I literally have to give myself what I call the decompression uh, chamber, just some space. Mm. And actually the way I like to do that is to zone out and, and watch telly, but don't watch telly. I don't really watch telly. Yeah. Uh, but I like to lie, I've got this little sort of room in my house and the kids are in their bedrooms or whatever they're doing something kez is in the front and I, I just get in this like sofa and it's like mine you know and i put like youtube or some crappy old time and I, i'm not listening to it i'm not listening to anything mm. i'm just zoning out and she'll come in and and like she'll be asking all these questions i'm not and I, you know and you're not present but she's learned that that's my little space so i think mm. that give and take um, and by the way we're not perfect i'm not saying we're perfect it's just that we've learned you know we've
0: been together well, you know they've, they've, we're, we're human beings we're very complex and we're not going to be on the same wavelength as as somebody else 100 percent of the time if we're lucky it's going to be 50 to 60 percent of the time but it's like you said it's about that understanding she's got to know you but because of the openness that you've got in your relationship the level of communication that you've got within your relationship is, it's an okay space, isn't it? Even if I'm maybe desperately need you to do something. If I see you're in that space, I'm giving, give you that respect in that
1: moment to say, this yeah. is, your, this is the
0: space you need and I'm going to offer you that.
1: Yeah. And I think look, the number one thing that, that both this relationship with my wife and the relationship I've got with my business partner, the number one thing that we share is, is values. Um, and, and I think, I think with me and Kez, for example, We've we've got some core values, uh, particularly around family, particularly around children, particularly around the invol our children growing in a, an environment where they're encouraged to learn and ask questions and grow yeah. um, in a safe, enjoyable, fun space. Again, we do not nail it all the time. Of course, we don't. Mm-hmm. We've got an eleven-year-old and a seven-year-old, but in general, we're moving towards the same kind of things. Yeah. And that I find is is really helpful. And I say in business. My business partner and I are two completely different human beings, pretty much in every sense, every shape and form. We call ourselves Pumba and Timon from The Lion King. And it's fair to say that he's not Pumba, it's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we look differently, we speak differently, apart from he's nicked a few of my words of praises. i uh, joking if you're listening. But no, I, you know, but, but again, we're a formidable partnership, we're different. Um, But we're open. We've always built our whole business relationship on being able to walk into each other's office and say, mate, look, there's something that's really bugging me and Mm. I want to get it off my chest. And that's really helped.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, again, it's that openness, isn't it, to be able to express yourself. Yeah. You know that that's going to be accepted and you're going to be able to talk that through in, uh, in a way which, you know, is so healthy for you to be able to do that. Yeah. And like you said values are massively important aren't they i think you know when we look at the fundamentals of a a successful relationship um you know having similar values and in a lot of spaces the same values is generally what's a a key to a long lasting and and i say uh, what's the word i'm looking for a long lasting and actually very safe relationship you both know you're heading in the same space
1: I think the two words you've used, and this is something, uh, again, I'm speaking about my my business partner, Mm. Um, long-lasting. We're looking to be in business for a long time. Now, I'm not saying, and and again, Nick and I, we're we're both on on the same page. I'm not saying it's going to, like, things might not change or something might happen. Of course, all of the, of course it's going to change. And I thought things will happen. But we're looking uh, long-term. We're not not looking for this to be a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, let's make a few bob and leave. Um, We we are looking to build something. We're building something formidable. It's global. It's big. It's got values. It's got real undercurrent. Mm. You know, we're only really touching the surface. And again, that's the exciting thing about this business relationship that I'm in at the moment is that it's 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 a long. It's got long-term thinking. It's got open thinking, long-term thinking. And actually, when I think about personal relationships, you know, when you think about it you know, ask yourself this question if you're listening to this po- podcast. Like, what kind of friend are you? Are you the kind of friend that's always looking to get your own way? Are you the kind of friend that always maps out what amazing looks like for you and then goes with that? Or are you are you open? Are you thinking long-term? Are you open to ideas? Are you open to doing what one of your mates wants to do? And and I think, I think this is the beauty of the word relationship.
0: Yeah, I think even again, to think about whether you're the opposite to that as well. Are you always giving in are you always allowing people to sort of direct your choices and your life so you really don't ever get a say as well as from. again another question for people to ask yeah you're never going to be fulfilled on either kind of level of that and if you can find that middle ground where like you said there's a lot of giving and receiving um and you can balance that out so that you've got that real kind of underlying current of being in it together being there for each other uh, and being able to express yourself openly with one another—I mean, that's an amazing space that
1: you've created. Mate, I, go, I go back to it. Th- this question has served me really well for a number of years in business and in life. Like, how do we, how do we both get exactly what we want and come out the other end even stronger? Yeah. Like that question, um, I've got it like imprinted in my in my day-to-day thinking oh. in business and life. Like, how do we make this amazing and we both win? Like that is. And by the way, I've been in relationships where the question asked is, "How do I get what I want from this relationship?" Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was in, I've been in that relationship a couple of times, and that become that became for me like shattering, really. In the end, um, I just couldn't cope with that mentality. And um, eventually, I needed to change it. And you know. I, for anybody listening that knows what I'm talking about, the the thing that helped me change or enabled the change was the day I realised that I was in control of how I felt about the other person, uh, about their behaviour, that they weren't in control of how I felt. That was like a fucking light bulb for me. It was like, fuck, this is just wow. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't have loads of those uh-huh, aham, but that was my, like, fuck.
0: Yeah, no, I like, got okay. I'm in
1: control of what happens next. Mm-hmm. I'm in control of, like, what I feel. I'm in control. In fact, apart from blunt force and violence, which causes pain, I'm in control, even in violent situations, I was still in control of how I felt. And that was, that was just an absolute game changer. Um, interestingly, in, in, the, in the sales training that, that I teach, this comes up all the time. Um, when you realise that you're the greatest chemist on the planet, you create how you feel. And nothing outside of you can change what goes, what can create what you feel inside. You create what you feel. Again, once you have that, it becomes very liberating to realise that you don't have to, in sales, or in life, or in a relationship, you don't have to get someone else to do something or feel something, or to like that they're in control of how they feel, and that it's, it's liberating.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think that was one of the major turning points in my own life. Actually, was when I when I recognised I could control my own emotions, um, and rather than be led by others and make my own decisions and decide whether a relationship was good for me or not, and you know, yeah. all of those, all those kind of self-owning kind of statements that you know, most people, again, were completely unaware of the fact that, you know, when because we, I think when we're brought up, it's like, you make me feel this, you make me feel that, you made me do this. And we're blamed and held responsible a lot, aren't we, as kids for how other people are feeling and what they're doing all the time. And unless we are able to kind of step out of that space, we will go through our entire lives being responsible for how other people are acting and and, and to take all of that stuff on board
1: and it's so tiring and look you know you just used an amazing word uh, so a word that i've really sort of integrated into my day-to-day thinking and that is to decide how i feel um and it, even now you just as i've said that to you there's i've got decisions i don't believe that you can make a right or wrong decision by the way i just believe you can make a decision hmm. and then if you need to make another decision you can decide to make another decision so yeah. you decide not to decide. And so many people in relationships, by the way, decide not to decide to do something about what's happening to them
2: yeah. or they're
1: doing to others. And
2: yeah, so when I decided yeah. to yeah. decide
1: to decide, when I decided to decide to decide, <laughs> that I was going to change the way I felt. I was going to decide how I felt. Yeah. That, was, that was amazing for me. And that's when I started to make some progress. Mm-hmm. That's another word that again I'm constantly going like what 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 do I need to do to progress this forward mm. what what decisions do I need to take now so that this can change that I can move forward that I can progress yeah. and, and again these these have become real powerful aspects of of, of my teaching in in the sales world and also in my relationships
0: definitely definitely I think what you said earlier on about your dad really resonates with me because my my con- my relationship, my, my dad was very confrontational, very angry man. You mm. couldn't say anything he didn't agree with because he would go off the boil. And uh, I, I decided about 10 years ago or so that I was going to start killing this guy with kindness uh, because I showed everybody else love and affection. I was very close to everybody else, but I was never close to him. So I stepped back and I thought, actually, I'm just going to decide to love this guy. And by doing that, I then soft I gave him permission to love me in return. Um, and even though he's still probably unaware that he's made that decision to let go of a lot of, of his own stuff, because I decided to allow that and I decided I chose that I wanted that from him and I wanted that relationship with him, it allowed him then to, to reciprocate in it as much as he could. I was
1: listening to a podcast the other day with a similar story and and the guy kept telling his dad at the end of the conversation that he loved him. And eventually, after about 10 years, his dad said, I love you, son. Yeah. And it's not the first time he'd ever done it. You know, So, yeah. I, I, look, I'm a big fan of love. I, I think, you know, love and trust. I mean, love is just such a powerful thing.
2: Mm. It's,
1: it's just amazing. And I think, you know, the more love we can show, show each other, the more love we can show. Look, it starts with relationships, doesn't it? It does. Like, you can choose to love those around you uh, with words, with kindness, with actions. I'm a massive believer that it's, it's literally what you do, not what you say. I know it's an old, old saying. Well, um, I think when it comes to love, it's a bit like mindset. I always go, like, um, mindset's such a surface word. And I believe that mindset are the things that you do, not the things that you think about doing. I think love's the same. Like, there are little acts of love and kindness um, that just go such a long way. And, and I look to go, I go, like, what can I do today to love somebody that's not expecting me to love them? Like, what can I do right now in this relationship? I love it with some of my staff. I've learned that one of the best things that you can do to a human being is to pay them a compliment, mm-hmm. is to say something nice about someone. It's such a tiny, weeny, easy little thing to do. And and somebody, somebody spoke to me the other morning in the gym that – Long, long story, but it doesn't really matter. But somebody I wasn't really expecting to talk to. And she spoke to me, and she was so kind, and she was so complimentary. It freaking made my whole day. Mm -hmm. Like, made my whole day Mm -hmm. a short 45, 50-second conversation that I wasn't expecting. And again, like, you could class that as a relationship. This is somebody I see all the time. We normally have, like, morning line, and then... This was an enhanced experience in a relationship of two sort of distant people that go to the same gym. Mm. And, and and I think those little things, um, for me, are, are just so easy to do. But you have to commit to them. You know, you, you've done my training. Every day, I do f- five minutes. I go, right, who can I reach out to today? Show them some love. I don't want anything back. Nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I just move towards them. And that that serves me really well.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, I've definitely taken that on board since the training, actually, because we did the exercise, like you said, when we were there. And I reached out to my uncle; I hadn't spoken to him in, a, in a, quite a while. Yes. He's on his own, so I thought, you know what, I haven't spoken to him in a while. Just sent him. we ended up having this text conversation for the next couple of days, and it was really nice to kind of kind of get back in touch with him and just to see how he is and make sure that he knew I was there for him if he needed anything.
2: Um, and the
1: so, amount, yeah. amount of happiness that an act of kindness like that can bring to mm. so that relationship.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, I, I, that's happened to me a few times, I've probably shared it, you know. Um, I have one uncle who, you know, refused to come to my wedding. Like, he was the guy I really looked up to. He took the, the sort of, the space of my dad when I was growing up. Yeah. He bought me my first football boots, he bought me my first cricket bat, he bought me my first golf clubs. And, and we had this crazy fallout uh, like, I don't know how it came about. He got himself in this situation where he sort of read down one line and it was never like that, but he was convinced it was. And he, all this, we had this big argument. And and he even sort of said, look, I'm so sorry I've got this wrong, but I've got so much shame. I'll never, ever, ever be able to have a relationship with you. And he refused to come to my wedding. I even got married in a church of England, which we weren't that bothered about, but because of my re- respect for him, and mm. he didn't fucking come, <laughs> And that really hurt, like, really hurt. Mm. Turned me down, turn my wife down. Like, you can't snub somebody more than not going to their wedding, you know. And um, that really hurt. This was before I'd got the awareness yeah. of it was my disease, but it really hurt me. Mm. I got some anger, some bitterness towards him. And eventually, um, I moved towards him, and it was... Bloody hard work. Um, and I moved towards him again recently. And he, every time I moved towards him, he bats me off and he bats me off. But I moved towards him again and again and again. And I was over, I don't live by him, but we were over his neck of the woods last year, um, just before lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I got my two girls with me. Um, might have even been in between. I can't remember. Last year sometime. Yeah. And um, I said to my wife, my uncle lives right the corner there. Let's, let's just turn up. And she went, great idea. Let's go. Uh, and we knocked on the door, and he was like, "I was like, how are you doing? I wanted my children to meet their great uncle." And he's like, "Oh, come in, you know." And we had like forty-five minutes with him, and it was hard, it was it was a hard thing to do, but, but mm. it was a right thing to do. And mm. you know, he's getting on a bit now, and, mm. and and he's been emailing me back and forth, and you know, I, I, I honestly, I was like, you know, I can't go through this again. Mm. Um, but I, I think I think you've just you've just got to if you're committed. Like relationships can just get so complex. Yeah. And actually go, you know, like, what is the little like what's the easiest thing for me to do? And do you know what? Actually, my dad taught me this, John. Um, my dad actually taught me this. It, it, just pick up the phone and say hi. That's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about it. how you do
0: it. It's just opening that door, isn't it? I think like you said with your uncle, he's you know there's a few relationships that i could come to myself and it's just about saying you know well, i want this door to be open whether you walk through it or not like you said it's that choice it's it's up to you but i'm not going to let it hurt me if you don't but i'm going to leave it open in case
1: you decide that you want uh, yeah you and, want. And, and by the way that is how i teach salespeople to sell mm. um, the salesperson's job is not to decide what the prospect does that's not that you can't do that because that becomes it's called control and nobody likes to be controlled. Um, and actually, the, the the control is when it's the other way around. Hey, whatever you decide to do next, I'm good. Mm. But my job is to ask you what you need, what you want, understand you, if we're a good match, to present you with the options. Your job is to decide which option you're going to take, and that includes no option at all with you, thank you very much. Mm. And I'm good with all of those options. <laughs> and again, once, once you master that, particularly in the business world, it's as powerful as what you've just said in, in the, the non-business world of relationships. It's like when you stop deciding what other people should or shouldn't do, it releases you and you remove the, the feeling of wanting to control, you mm-hmm. remove persuasion, you remove using like shitty little language patterns that try to get people to do what you want them to do and decide what I want you yeah. to decide. Yeah. All,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, all of that goes away, you know, and and... Yeah. And actually your life becomes, well, there's two words that, that um, well, there's one word that I use to, it's called inner peace. You become more peaceful when mm-hmm. you stop trying to decide what everybody else should or shouldn't do. Yeah. You become more peaceful. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I, gr- I definitely agree that it's, you know, you can only control your space. You can only be the person and that authentic person that you really are. And people then need to decide if you're the right person mix for them and like you said it takes all that pressure away in relationships well I mean I, I say to a lot of people relationships can be really easy you just need to allow them to be easy step out of that space which we learn to grow up in which causes all of the ego blocks and stuff in the first place and once we let go of that then we can have the kind of relationships that we choose as you were just saying there about the elite closing academy can you tell people uh, how they can get in touch with you um, you mentioned your book earlier on. Can you tell us a bit about yeah, that? And- just
1: just on, on my website, eliteclosingacademy.com, look, a- anybody that you know that has a professional business, um, an entrepreneur, an expert, SMA, that, that's looking to find a way to have a relationship with themselves in sales that allows them to be authentic first. That's what I teach. And that's what I've written about. Um, yeah, you can you can, you can can get all that, you know, uh, eliteclosingacademy.com. And I think... You know, as I said, John, and this is the reason why I thank you for giving me the, the opportunity, I think the number one relationship in, in life has to be the one with yourself. You know, when you go to bed at night, uh, it's your head on the pillow. And, and I think that's something, again, that, that I've, I've, I've realised more now than ever before, is that the relationship, the internal speak, the things that we say to ourselves. You know, just the last few days, uh, I've been practising the art of waking up in the morning. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been doing some study on this over the last few weeks and months with people much more experienced than me. But a large majority in the high 90% of our thoughts when we wake up in the morning are from yesterday and are either broken or negative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Me, like 94, 95, 96% of the experts that I've been following say, so. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and you go in, mood and depression and stuff. Go, hang, on. You're like, hang
1: on a minute. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot. And actually, when I first started to read that stuff, I was like, hang on, that doesn't sound right. But then I just kept a pen and paper next up to, to my bed and I wrote down the first two or three things that come into your mind. And I'm telling you, like, if you haven't done it, you should do it because it's like, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going, I'm, I'm running my, yesterday's programme. Yesterday's gone now.
2: Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of
1: the little things I, I do, I call it stacking. I go, right, what are the five things I can do today to get me started? What can I do this morning? What can I do now? Uh, what What can I do later on today that 's going to help and, and I move towards the things that I can do and and I find actually, that 's really powerful so look, i mean the number one relationship i've been working on for for some time now is 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 me yeah. you know i 've been having some coaching on it and, and all the rest of it so um yeah it's the the more I look into it uh and and the more I look at you know people that are heroes and people that I look up to. Um, I can see that they're on a, on a journey of personal development with the relationship with themselves. I think it's a very important aspect, certainly one I'm going to continue no, to... I,
0: I completely agree. I, I talk about it a lot of the stuff that I do and uh, the other podcast shows I'm doing is the relationship with you is the most important relationship you're ever going to have because it yeah. does dictate everything that you feel, every decision that you make, the behaviours that you exhibit, the people you attract in, the people that you don't attract into your life. So yeah, thanks for that. I think you've pretty much covered all areas of relationships. It's been a fascinating conversation with you. you. You've exactly. talked about business, personal, the relationship yourself, and you've covered all areas of the kind of stuff that I'd love to talk about. And I've been so, again, massively grateful for you to turn up today. Um, and thank you for being the first guest on the Relationship Guy podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Matt. Good man. Thanks for doing what you do.
0: Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.